Now, I don't know if you have ever heard of the minimalism movement, you know, the minimalism guys, there's like documentaries, or Mary Kondo, she has, the, I, I know, right? There are documentaries, there are shows and books written about these uh, two people, these two groups of people, but the gist of what they do is they teach you how to reduce stuff. Uh, we, they say we have too much clutter in our lives. You may have experienced this uh, on your computer or on your phone. I know Nicole, whenever she takes a picture, she's running out of space. And I, I think I showed you like a year ago. Do you still have space on your? Yeah. <laughs> but if you just keep it there, it gets too overloaded. The whole, the, the, the tech slows down. So you can't have too much stuff on your, on your phone, or, or maybe you have this at home. Maybe you have too many clothes, too many jackets, too many bags, too many shoes, Mom. Everybody's too many books. But you can never have too many books. That's... But all this clutter, all this stuff that we have, it does take, uh, it takes away from our ability to focus. It takes a toll on our bandwidth. And so... Uh, the KonMari method and the minimalism method are their methods that advocate reducing the clutter in your life. I like the minimalism method where you have like a packing party. And here's one of the things they do is they have, they get a box, they have a packing party with tons of boxes and you gather up all your stuff as if you're moving and you put it in the middle of your living room. And over the next 30 days, whatever you so you pack as if you're leaving, but over the next 30 days, whatever you pull out of those boxes, what you actually need, what actually makes you happy, that's what's going to stay. And the rest, it, it goes. The KonMari method is very similar. You keep what brings you joy, and you get rid of what doesn't. We've tried this at home. It never works out perfectly, but we have reduced some of our stuff, and it does make it a little easier to clean up the house. The passage we're going to look at today in the Gospel of Mary, that's right, the Gospel of Mary is not in our traditional Bible, but if you want to know more about that, there's parts one and two that you can watch on YouTube and catch up. Um, my friend just texted me, and now I, I hit his text. The passage we're looking at today in the Gospel of Mary talks about the descending and ascent of the soul. I know. We don't really think about my soul, you know, our soul ascending and descending very often. It might sound a little too spiritual, but what Mary and the whole, old, the whole New Testament are getting at is this idea that in this life we're born good. You're, you are born good. You're not born a sinner. A baby can't sin. Some people teach that stuff. That was Augustine. He came along a short while after the Bible was written, and we all just went along with it. <laughs> just because somebody writes something doesn't mean we have to follow it. I've never met a baby sinner. <laughs> so it's not true. What the Bible teaches is that we really are all children of God. You don't have to earn that. You already are. You're a child of the light. But what happens, this is what happens over life. Just like you acquire stuff in, uh, you know, stuff in your house, we acquire ways of thinking that darken our light. And it makes us forget who we are. 
This can be caused by early childhood traumas. It can be caused by dysfunctional home lives. It can be caused by paths we chose to follow growing up. Maybe the people around you pressured you to do things you shouldn't have done. Or maybe you were the one pressuring others to do things they shouldn't have done. But whatever the case, you acquired patterns, ways of thinking, habits, beliefs that eventually covered your life, made you forget who you truly are. And so some of us find ourselves suffering a kind of darkness. So what Jesus comes to do is he comes to set you free. Now you look around and you go, I don't see any chains on me. I'm free. We call Jesus Savior, but I don't think we understand what this really means all the time. Jesus came to set us free from darkness. John 1 says he was the light, and he came into the what? The darkness. So that we might be reminded where we come from, and that we are also children of the light. Because sometimes life makes you forget. Today we're going to look at what this means in a practical way. You're going to actually be able to put this into practice. And we're going to use a story from the Gospel of Luke, our old Bible here, and a story from the Gospel of Mary, books we found that were written around the same time as the Bible, but were hidden from us by some people. They didn't want women to be leaders in the church. Like I've been saying, the best proof of whether or not the Gospel of Mary is a useful book This is how I judge all things. Does it help? Does it make Scripture better? Can I understand it easier? Because if it doesn't do that, we'll put it in the box. Get rid of it. But if the story makes it deeper and more meaningful in our everyday lives, why would we not make use of it? So if you open up to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11 and read with me starting verse 24, or you can just listen along. We're going to hear a story about Jesus who's casting out demons. I know, demons. (laughs) Have you guys seen a demon lately? Not anybody you know. But just wait. Just wait. Because this whole idea of demons, I'm going to actually show you what it really means and what Jesus is really up to. So it says in Luke, this is a story from, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person. It wanders through waterless regions looking for a resting place. But not finding any, it says, I'm going to go back to the house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it swept and in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. The last state of that person is worse than the first. This passage is talking about Jesus' profession as an exorcist. Jesus was an exorcist. I don't know if you knew that. That was one of the main things he did in the gospel stories. And while that sounds wild, I see it more like what the minimalism guys are doing or what Mary Kondo is doing. Jesus was cleaning the unclean. He was cleaning up people's houses. He was getting rid of the stuff that make, made people unhappy in their lives. Today, we're going to learn from Jesus and Mary on how to do some inner spring cleaning. Because that's how the story starts. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, 
when that which makes your life a mess is within you? Jesus, he comes to town, he gets rid of it, he tells you the truth about yourself. It's gone for a bit. He continues saying, the unclean spirit he got rid of now wanders around looking for some place to rest, but it can't find anything. I don't know if, if you've ever cleaned your house and you're feeling good about it. Oh, you, can, you sit on the couch and then the kids come home. Or you don't maintain the work that, that was done. And so while you got rid of the mess, you drove it out, in a way, the mess finds a way back to you. Jesus goes on and he says, the unclean spirit says, I'm going to return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house nice and in order. Jesus teaches in riddles and parables. That was a popular style back then. It made spiritual teachings make more sense. And so Jesus is referring to the person, you, as the house that he cleans up. Jesus comes to town, he lifts your spirits, cleans you all up, puts your life in order, but then a month later, you found yourself not maintaining things. And so Jesus ends his saying, ends his teaching saying, when that unclean spirit comes to check on you, it brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. The last state of the person is worse than the first. We've all experienced this. You know, when you make that goal to lose 10 pounds on New Year's Eve, you set the goal and you're doing it for a month, but then you have a bad week, and two months later, it's all back, but now you're, it's the opposite. You're, you're on track to gain another 10. Or you promise not to buy more stuff. You know, this is me. I'm not going to buy another book. I'm not going to buy another toy. You hold out. You have a bad week. And the next day, there's uh, 10 Amazon boxes at the front door. Jesus wants to set us free. He wants us to have life and have it to the full. So he traveled around spreading good news that this is possible. But one thing the church never really teaches, you know, be saved in Jesus' name. They never say, you got you to gotta keep this up. You're the one who's got to maintain it. Isabella got baptized, but... That was just Jesus cleaning you up with water. You have to maintain order in your life. Now, in Luke, we don't get any further instructions. If I just read that part to you, you'd be like, whoa, that's, that's like deep. But where's the, where's the application? You know, the point of the story is made. Jesus can clean you up. But sometimes the Bible just leaves you hanging. Jesus, but Jesus did say this. He said that when he left, what, he would do, what would he do? He would send the Holy Spirit. Remember I said that's who's going to check on you. And that's what she does. She does check-ins, follow-ups like the doctor. Are you doing okay? And, it, and she helps maintain the life that we asked Jesus to make better in the first place. This is where the Gospel of Mary comes along and can help. When Jesus had started the Christian movement, he had a large following of people because he was someone who inspired you to live ethically. He inspired you to be a child of light, what you really are, to live as one who has their house in order. But as soon as he left, the disciples all abandoned him. All of the, They denied him, and they questioned whether they had wasted three years of their lives. 
all of them did this. All those guys up there abandoned Jesus on the cross, but there was one that did not. Mary. She is the one waiting at his tomb. She's the one who anointed him before he died. She's the one who reminds the disciples, hey, remember what he taught you? He's not gone. He is alive in you. As long as you live out his teaching, he's alive. Now watch. This book that was hidden that you likely never heard about in church is going to fill this story out like a missing puzzle piece. In the last part of Mary, we see her teaching the disciples what Jesus taught. That there are unclean spirits. If you, if you buy the book, Mom, I owe you a copy uh, of Karen King's Mary of Magdala. You can get it. Um, but if you read it, it's a very short book. It's like four to five pages. And at the very end, it tells the story that there are unclean spirits. Remember what Jesus was driving out? Unclean spirits that hold us down as we try to grow. There are things that mess up our inner world, in our minds. They aren't problems happening externally. Sometimes life is going good, but you don't feel it. That is what this this is referring to. Mary gives us more depth to what was recorded in Luke. There's a great book by C.S. Lewis called The Screw Tape Letters, and it gives this great imagery of what you know, demons and devil. But it's, it's all symbol, symbolic of what's going on inside of us. But Mary talks about seven spirits that hold the human soul captive. How many spirits did Jesus say would come back in Luke? Seven. That's right. How many spirits does Mary talk about? Seven. Is that coincidence? I don't think so. Mary's going to name them. The first is darkness, the second is desire, the third, ignorance, the fourth, a death wish, the fifth, a fleshly kingdom, the sixth, foolish, fleshly wisdom, and the seventh is an angry person's wisdom. See, when you name something, when you give it a name, you can work on it. When you are ignorant to that which is causing you pain, that's why you suffer depression because you don't know where it's coming from. It's inside. Anxiety, fear, things like worry, like shame, and like guilt. When you name these things, when you work through them, you bring it to the light. Jesus was the light, and that he came to expose everything that was in the dark. That's why all the demons ran, because he was the light, and they represented the darkness that exists within us. That's the kind of exorcist, not the kind of one you see on TV with the cross. That's weird. Jesus is like a therapist. He's doing real work here. The demons he drove out were these types of things. Back in the day, they didn't have words like depression and anxiety. They they just called them demons. Today, we suffer from the same kind of things. But they're all rooted in these seven evil, unclean spirits that Mary names. Now that she's named them for us, let us just have quickly, we're going to close in a little bit, we're going to have a packing party. I brought this box. When I was feeling bad, I bought something. 
And we're going to put, you know, you could kind of just visually. If you want, if you want to hold on to these things, feel free. But if you, some of these things resonate as I go through each one, get rid of them. So the first is darkness. There's this idea that you are broken, that you're messed up. I was born that way. And maybe you are imperfect. It's not true. Jesus said, said while he was alive and said it to Mary, and Mary taught the disciples this, don't let the darkness overtake you. Don't put a bucket on your light, because then nobody will see it. You are the light of the world. All of you kids looking at your phones instead of listening to the sermon, just so you know, if you ever forget, I want you to hear this. It's good. You are the light of the world, like you really are. Sometimes the world tries to put a, a bucket and put out that light. But don't forget that. If there's one thing, go back to on your phones. This is boring, I know. That you're loved by your heavenly parents. God is not mad at anybody. God's mad at the people who told you that, he's, that, you're, that God is mad at you. God doesn't like those people. And if you don't believe me, open up the Bible and you'll see Jesus yelling at who? The religious teachers. For teach, he says, you, put, you make this hard for them. You, you put bags and burdens on them. They have to jump through all these hoops. We can laugh in church. We can have fun. You can. You just relax. Because that's what church is. This is a family. This is a home that represents the kingdom that's coming. So if you don't believe this, if you want to put any, any doubt of darkness that you feel that maybe I am this, you could put it in this box. Put that darkness in this box. We're packing it up. Then there's desire. Desire is... You know, I'm desiring some Bolognese tomorrow. It's not a bad thing. But if, it desi- if that desire tells me to eat ten po- you know, bowls of it, then I have no control over that desire. You have to overcome it. You must master it. When I would feel bad, you know, last night I couldn't fall asleep. I was tired. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll order something. I'll, that'll make me feel good. I didn't do it. It was hard because of this sermon. This sermon helped me. I desired something. The thing is that, you know, desire can become an addiction very easily. So I'm working on my desires. I want to be the one in control. I don't want the desire to control me. I want to desire what's good, what's from the light. You know, I could desire to read. We all know what the good things are. You don't need a Bible to tell you what's good and what's bad. You can, Jeremiah 31 says that you already know these things. You don't need somebody to say, don't kill. Oh, I shouldn't kill because the Bible says it. You know that you shouldn't do that. Don't steal. In the same way you know what's good. Right? You know when you're not doing what you, sh- you should. You know you should be reading when you shouldn't. Or maybe going for a walk. Or spending some time with your family. These are good things. This is from the light. They build me up. I always feel good when I do these things. I always feel bad when I do things in the dark. So 
I'm going to take the desires of darkness, put them in that, in that box. Then there's ignorance. Not knowing about something. Refusing to hear both sides to the story. Just leaning on your own understanding. This is ignorance. Trust that there may be things that you don't know. And stay open to what you can learn. Sometimes the kids can learn. And sometimes you kids, you can learn from us. So let's put ignorance in this box. It doesn't help anybody. Then there's what Mary calls the death wish. This is that in, which, that in you which causes you to be self-destructive. Doing those things that cause you pain by your own hands. By your own decisions. Nobody's doing it. Sigmund Freud called this the death drive in us. He said we have a life drive and a death drive. When people experience trauma, they can feel this. They can sometimes find themselves in so much pain inside that they sabotage themselves. They're actually trying to kill themselves, hurt themselves, little by little, day by day, because of a past pain. They don't know about it. So today, we're going to acknowledge that maybe somewhere along the road, a dark power has come over you. A death wish. A death drive. Today we're going to put that in this box. The next is fleshly kingdom. All classes, poor, middle, and wealthy, suffer from this. We think that the world is everything there is. If the baby in the womb held on for dear life inside the mother, both would be destroyed. It doesn't know that it's bound for another place. Christ comes to teach us that we are being born into a kingdom and that this earth is a kind of womb. Right? He says you're going to be born again. So use this fleshly kingdom to grow that inner kingdom, the one you will take with you when you die. If you hold on to this life too much, this is what you're going to suffer all kinds of worries and fears. You are from the light and you're going to return to the light. You'll just need to be aware of which kingdom you're holding on to. You can't stay here. You, you have to leave. So learn to appreciate this life and know you're going to be off into another kingdom. Let's put living only for this fleshly kingdom into this box. The next is foolish fleshly wisdom. The Bible says this about God. My ways are not your ways. This Easter, you might hear, you're going to experience some foolish, fleshly wisdom, especially if people start talking about politics. Don't get pulled into it. When people perpetuate racism, division, hate, and injustice, you'll, you know what you're hearing. Change the conversation. Just like somebody started that conversation, you can change it. You can end it and start a new one. Let's put that kind of foolishness in this box. And the last Last one is the angry person's wisdom. Maybe you grew up with an angry person who made you feel so small. They made you live in fear. Maybe you work with people and their bo your boss makes you scared every day. Maybe it's you. Maybe so much injustice has, has happened to you that you legitimately are filled with rage and anger. It makes you feel powerful. That's why you don't want to let it go. It makes other people, when they're mean, it makes them feel powerful. But in the end, I can tell you this for sure. It will be your undoing. 
There's only so many times you can throw a glass or punch your door. If you're angry for the right reasons, seek help. Go to therapy, seriously. Or come talk to me. I'm free. I know what it feels like, but by all means, let's put that in the box today, too. Because this is what Mary, who spoke the words of the Savior, taught in the gospel. Is she teaching us good stuff today? She is. So we can read her book, too. That if we can drive out these demons, not some ghosts that you saw in the movie, but these real-life demons, these powers that haunt, seek to tear us apart, then I promise you, her passage talked about, remember I said ascent and descent? These demons are trying to hold you back from ascent, from growing. you got to let them go. These are the weights that are holding you down, holding me down too. If we do this, we'll rise as surely as Jesus rose. Mary calls them the seven powers of wrath. These are the things that make us forget that we are good, that we are from the light, that we are holy, and that we belong in the kingdom that is to come when we take off this robe, this outer garment of flesh. The Bible can sometimes feel like a foreign book, but it isn't. That's what they pay me the big bucks for. I break it down, simple for everybody. When we see that this book that was written all those years ago, and we look at the work that Jesus was doing, when we hear what Mary continued to teach those disciples when he died, we can hear those teachings that refresh and give life to our inner self. Our minds. We've all acquired some darkness and it clutters our inner being. Today we had a packing party. This week you can meditate on what is inside of you that needs to be worked through. It isn't easy. Remember, you'll get your house in order and as long as we're on this earth, the darkness will never stop knocking on your door. But over time, it will lose its appeal. Over time, you will grow into who you truly are. And when you do, you won't just be able to keep this house of yours clean. See, that's not where Jesus, Jesus not just want, doesn't want us to be clean. Sometimes you hear the pastor, go be the light of the world. You first get your house in order, and after a while, once you start doing this, once you master it, you will become the light to all those around you. Maybe you'll become an exorcist. Then you can put that on your car. Exorcist, leave me alone. The house cleaner. Maybe one day you will be the light of the world to those around you. You know Jesus didn't want to be the only one. He came to remind us that you are good just as good, just as holy, just as perfect. Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, therefore, as I am perfect. That's what Jesus says. That you are just as sweet, just as kind as he was. You may have just forgotten. Today, you've been reminded. 